You're listening to World of Empowerment Radio, your station for practical spirituality in a changing world. And here are your hosts, Angel Rose and Ahanu. Well, good morning, everybody. We're here once again with our wonderful friend, Penny Kelly. And today we're going to have an interesting conversation about DNA. And Penny, um, I'm interested in all about the DNA since I've been told by spirit that it's the stairway to heaven, quote unquote. I want to know more about it. Okay. And um, and also we've had some experiences in the past, which we'll go into where we've gone to particular healers who claim to activate 22 strands. And I don't even think that's possible. So anyway, um, (laughs) in terms of what do we have as a human being and what is our potential? Um, Well, the potential let's, yeah, let's talk about the potential. So the DNA um, in, you can say you're going to activate 22 strands or however many strands you want. And maybe you can do that at an energetic level, but if you don't turn it into substance where it's actually physical substance in the body, then it doesn't have any impact, doesn't have an effect. So DNA um, is already an amazing, amazing thing. I think I wrote about it in Getting Well Naturally. how it comes to be and and it is the stairway to heaven (laughs) so it's the stairway to higher consciousness but the i think the thing like where would i begin so once so let's just say you in the dna itself you see this two strands spiraling around one another Right. They, yeah, that's actually the way plasma or electric currents behave. We are an electric universe all in ourselves. So mm-hmm. when you have an electric current around that at right angles to that, you're going to have a field that's called an electromagnetic field, which everybody's heard about. And mm-hmm. then in that field, what happens is that these filaments develop. And those filaments are the lines along which particles collect. So you end up with a whole bunch of particles collected on those filaments and they form patterns. And one of the patterns is the human pattern. (laughs) Um, But at the core of that, when you see that little bitty baby first, um, when the egg and the sperm first start to form, what you see is a knob with a kind of a tail on it and that's the most successful um shape in the whole world and it's that's the brain and the spinal cord and they you know what you've got is a brain is a processing center and then the cord has all these um filaments coming off of it which become the nervous system as you develop um you know you go from this two what two cells (laughs) egg and sperm to become this amazing little baby and then look at the changes from the time you're born to the time let's say you're five um huge changes not only in the body itself and in the size of the body but in what's in that body and how does it work 
And mm. so we just keep on developing and developing. And the illusion is that when we get to puberty, we're done. And that's okay. true. So what happens as you begin to concentrate inside and bring bring yourself to the inner workings of yourself and you you know I started fooling around a long time ago after I created this spine this amazingly beautiful spine that just kept appearing and I kept thinking why am I seeing that what is that about and what dawned on me eventually was that for a year or so I had been saying to myself I had this affirmation I was trying to correct a, you know, crooked spine. And, and so the affirmation was, my spine is long and straight and perfectly shaped and perfectly healthy. And pretty soon the spine started appearing. And when it did, the first three or four times it appeared, I just looked at it and thought, that is the most beautiful spine I've ever seen. It had red and blue lights coming off. It was gorgeous. And, but I didn't know why I was seeing it. And when I did realize OMG, it was in the middle of an affirmation. My spine is long and shaped, perfectly shaped. <laughs> that the thing appeared and I'm like, oh my God, I think I created that. And that's when I switched <laughs> to, okay, my body is long and straight and perfectly shaped and perfectly healthy. Um, yeah. and, and I began affirming that I was a body of light. And I just have been putting all of this together in the last week, actually. Um, and that the realization that we are meant to develop a further stage um, so that we go from flesh and blood to a kind of a solidified light. And that's so we would be organically different, but we, nobody, nobody gets there. Why? Because nobody goes inside. The DNA is going to change once we start working on that body of light that's long and perfectly shaped <laughs> and perfectly healthy and youthful and all this, you know, mm -hmm. stuff. Um, I actually saw that body eventually. Mm -hmm. uh, so now my question is, how do I get how do I get in there? <laughs> so it was a an absolutely stunningly beautiful woman that appeared in front of me. I thought it was an angel at first. I realized later that was me and thought, oh, wow. Okay. So how, how do we bring that together? Uh, I'm not sure how. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it dangling there. <laughs> but the DNA changes as you focus on a different set of intentions and feeling. It's all about feeling. So, oh. <coughs> excuse me. That's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's very interesting. You know what it reminds me of is years ago, I was guided by spirit to make these key cards is what they were. And um, I would get a vision of this image and then I'd have a Hanu paint it. Okay. Oh. But one of those images was a head with a spinal cord and a golden ball at the end, a little golden oh, ball. There you go. Let's have to look those up. Because at the time, of course, we didn't know what they were, but all these colors were coming out of the eyes like this, you know? Oh, and yeah. Yeah, let's we'll find that picture. We would have to find yeah, it. Yeah, because we we stopped them at a certain point when it got into the blood. But 
the whole oh. point there were, there were supposed to be 72 cards and they were all supposed to be transformational for people but you make me think we need to go back and look at those pictures yeah, yeah. yeah. see because they were kind of a progression it started with a with a white egg that had 72 golden chains around the outside okay and then that was, that was the first one remember i think and it went on like it went on. It shifted. I should have to look those up and see what they are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like, now that you mentioned that, I'm like, gee, we kind of stopped the ball at, at midway, I think. Yeah. I did the same thing, you know, um, years ago. Remember me writing about the fast that I did, the 40 day fast? So I did a fast. This was back in, uh, I'm going to say 92 or 90, somewhere in there. Um, and I, and I, I wanted to see what would happen to consciousness if I fasted for 40 days. And so I set that all up and I started to fast and, and I ended up triggering Kundalini again at six days in, which was a huge thing. It was like, Oh my God. And I'm, I'm very, I'm very respectful of that whole energy. So anyway, by the time I got to 38 days, um, I had become this luminous, luminous being. I could see right through everything physical. I, I realized I was turning into a body of light and I didn't care. I, the thing that I um, kept saying to myself was, I don't care if I maintain a physical presence anymore. Well, I had children, I had a husband, I had a farm, I had animals. And it was yeah. like, oh, wow, I can't afford to die right now. So yeah. I stopped the whole fast and watched the whole thing reverse back oh. into being fully solid and losing that ability to see right through everything and um, amazing intuitions, amazing knowledge at my fingertips. So I thought at the time that the feeling the the I didn't care about maintaining a physical presence that meant that I was committing accidental suicide and so that was like oh no um you know I can't I can't do that and and I thought it meant that I would I would die I would be done here yeah what I have just realized is that that was the transit that's the next stage of human development I would have still been here Right. But I would have been a different kind of material. It would have been a solidified light yes. and wouldn't have been physical. Yes. So I remember I, reading about that in one of your books, that experience. And it was it was beautifully explained because it it's an area that I think a lot of people don't know enough about. And it's just as well we're bringing it up today because it is coming up all over the world, as we know from, from injections and various things that try to modify that DNA. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, and when you put uh, blockers in the DNA, when you change the DNA, you change the, you change the pattern that right. the human is built on. So yes. um, remember me talking, I don't know if we actually discussed this or not, um, at the point that the injections were really being pushed at us. Um, I went to my people who are not from here and said, yeah. you know, what about this? And they brought me a small gray 
they, I, which I had not dealt with the graves very much. Um, but the, the, the grace said, don't, don't do it. Don't take it. Don't get it. Don't get that shot. Don't, you know, and, and I'm like, okay, what happens if I do? And he held out his arms like this and, and said, this is what happens. We used to be fully human. Our DNA was changed. We became a slave race. Our, um, the signature of consciousness um, now we're getting into some technology here that most people don't really know about, but um, the the ETs and people from elsewhere have technology um, that is allows them to take an imprint of your frequency set that produces your consciousness. Everybody's individual. Everybody's got their own signature. Once they have that, they can transfer that into any body. And that's one of the ways, there are other ways, but that's one of the ways that they um, promote eternity, the, the eternal being. They right. haven't quite figured out how to become eternal. They're working on it. They last a long time, a lot longer than we do. Um, but they take an imprint of consciousness and they move it into a body and then you pick up right where you left off without missing a beat. Um, you just have a different body to get used to. So the what happened with, with this whole injection thing is that the grays actually came back to say, don't, don't get that shot because this is the result. And they have been slaves for a long time, a long, long time, thousands just of years. About that, Penny, we just finished on Sunday last a, a group of Kashyyyk records that we do every month. Uh -huh. And surprising that last Sunday, there seemed to be more questions about aliens than anything else. But I'm relating this now to our topic of DNA, because one of the questions was, why are aliens interested in our DNA? Like, if they're so advanced and creative in all kinds of ways, why are they particularly interested in human DNA? Oh, wow. That's a wonderful question because the DNA, well, maybe you've heard me say that the most in-demand commodity across the entire cosmos is DNA. Heard you why? Say that. Because it's the pattern for producing a humanoid being of a particular type that will thrive in a particular setting, uh, a planet with XYZ minerals on it and such and such conditions. So DNA is in high demand. So one of the things about our DNA that just gives me goosebumps every time I think about it is um, the DNA that we have evolved has this extraordinary resilience that has been impacted by all these tragedies and all these idiots and all these fools and all these issues and all kinds of pollution and we just keep surviving. We keep thriving. And what has happened along the way as we've developed is that our DNA has shifted a little bit. And now, so let's um, go back to um, AI computers that other people have, people from off planet. These are mapping computers. 
they will take a signal, uh, two interacting signals, which is your DNA, and they map those forward. The, the two interacting signals produce what are called binaural frequencies, binaural beats. Um, and then those interact with the whole thing. And then that produces more binaural and trinaural and quadnaural and quinaural frequencies. And so the whole thing keeps evolving. Okay. So what the ETs have done is take our DNA and map that forward to see what is the potential of this DNA. And it is astounding. We become part of the what might be called and i hope i don't sound like what's that guy's name harari <laughs> noah harari or whatever his name is yuval um we become highly advanced beings that have extraordinary capacities that then end up teaching others in the cosmos and going out to work with others who are trying to develop that are not as developed as we are that is worth saving. They have, we have the capacity because of the kind of DNA we have of actually developing the DNA to become those luminous beings of light that I was just talking about who have this extraordinary ability to see, be all knowing, all powerful, everywhere present, etc., and still maintain a form, a physical form. That's why yeah. they're interested in us. That was always my thought. I, I thought if you made affirmations to say that I was a, a body of light, would you disappear from the physical universe? You know? So yeah. no, always... the answer is no. <laughs> you become yeah. a body of light. Yeah. So that's um where does where where do emotions fit into this? Oh. Um, because, and I'm asking the question from the point of view of, you know how you hear in, this, in spiritual circles that we're the only beings that can, that express emotions, or that's why aliens are interested in us, because we have a, an emotional capacity. So I'm just wondering, what's the connection between that and DNA? Okay, so emotion across the board. And, and let me just say that ETs do have emotion. They just have extraordinary self-discipline around the emotions. They are busy creating the reality they want. And so they are very, very good at um, dealing. They feel and let it go. Boom. They hang on to those feelings that they want in their world. Love, respect, honor, you know, those kinds of things. So right. it's not that they don't feel. We have emotions are the result of your frequency, your arrangement of frequencies. Hands down. Every single frequency wave has a feeling that it creates. You know, if, if um, uh, let's see, if somebody comes along and, and hits you that with their hand, that motion creates a feeling. If somebody comes along and, you know, well, like brushes, I like to get my hair brushed. <laughs> so um, if somebody's brushing your hair, that creates a feeling. If you're getting a massage, it creates a feeling. If you're running for your life, that's a feeling. It's all driven 
by the, you know, what are your frequencies capable of handling? So the emotions are frequencies in a particular arrangement. The thing with humans is that we are a little on the wild side. We're considered pretty wild, pretty undisciplined, pretty lacking in self-control. That's part of the fascination is for such wild things, how have they survived? Right. That, right. That makes that, sense. Yeah. That emotion is the power that drives intention and thinking. So you have to, that's why they're looking at us and going, look what they're, where they're headed. They have this huge emotional baggage that they carry around everywhere. But when they learn to direct that, wow, then, then all the, all the, um, what do you call it? Everything's off the table and it's a whole new ball game. So the emotional thing is very prized. Um, yeah. It is in many ET communities, very disciplined um, because they have not reached um, what I'll call the enlightened state. They're very advanced. They have technology that they have Im implemented to help boost them. Their technology is based on trust and love and do no harm. And, you know, that we don't have people that we can trust um, and that are willing to commit to do no harm. So we are, we really can't go the route of, of boosting our capa capacities with technology. So it's all being done right now through emotions. When we ever get to the point that we get a civilization that is based on love and honor and respect and trust and positive everything, um, then when we put that together with that huge um, capacity for emotion that we have had for so many thousands of years, then yeah, then that's that gives us the boost that um, is amazing. Just um, that's where we become the teachers in the cosmos from this little bitty planet here in the corner. It's a small planet. It's really, it's a teeny tiny place. But it's incredibly important because of the power of consciousness to radiate um, that kind of consciousness out in many directions. So a feeling very, very important. So when we start stimulating DNA, do we actually create new strands or do we stay as a two strand being? We're just I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we do or not, but I think what we do create, I'm pretty sure, um, is that we, um, so let me, well, let me say this. We create new forms of protein. Proteins are what we're built from, okay? So when you get these two strands, you know how they go back and forth, and there's these little bars. That's Those are the stairways, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Those little bars um, have different bases of guanine, cytosine, adenine, um, you know, those are called the base um, chemicals that then um, those line up with a sugar molecule um, and something else. I forget what the other thing is, but they form these um, three-part codons. It's 
the codon has an initiation like its head, it initiates action. And then it's got a string of directions how to build a pro how to build a particular protein or a particular amino acid. And then there's a what's called a terminator on the end. So it's the head, the instructions, and then okay, stop here. If you don't have the initiator codon, then it doesn't build, it doesn't ever start building proteins. Um, and you have to have minerals in that work in harmony with this. Um, you know, with his uh, base and the sugar molecule and whatever the other thing is, maybe it, maybe it is minerals. Um, and if you don't have a terminator, it keeps on going forever, you know, and you end up with this gobbledygook. So you're, so, you're, you're effectively describing where where consciousness meets the physical world. It's like, yes. it's like you're... Yeah, every single frequency imparts its feeling into the particle that it creates it you know the particle blinks on and off so yes. we we blink on and off so that you saw oh i had the weirdest blink on and off the other day <laughs> oh did you let me share it with you real quick because in some ways it was it shook me we were babysitting our grandchildren in phoenix last weekend and they are babies, babies in the dogs. I'm sorry. But when the children came home, they were all fun and running around the place. And then they were playing on the kitchen floor, the two of two girls, five, uh -huh. and three year old. And they're lying on the, on the kitchen floor, just playing together. And I'm sitting there watching them. Yeah. In the next, in a fleeting instant, <laughs> I saw that they weren't there. Oh, right. Yeah. It's like they blinked off. They weren't there. And then they blinked back. They were there again. And I, and I, and I, it shook me for a second. I think, well, did I just black out? You know, but I, I realized I didn't actually black out. I, I think, and you know, guide me with this. I think I was seeing transient time or or time yep. as we generally perceive it and what it really was, or something of that nature. Yeah. But it, it was a really interesting experience. I mean, after a while, I realized it wasn't scary. It was an insight I felt. It was an yeah. insight into something. But yeah. uh, have you experienced that? Lots, lots. Um, <laughs> that's, yeah. When it first it, happened, it's kind of scary, but. I know, I know that <laughs> when I first saw that, I thought, what's wrong with my eyes? What's what's going, you know, what am I seeing here? Um, and that, you know, when it happened over and over again after a while, I got into a meditative state just to meditate on that. And what I saw was that the whole world was blinking on and off. Right, yes. And we're all blinking together <laughs> because we're all in the same frequency set. So um, so let's go back to the, you know, very nice. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. But let's go back to the DNA yes. thing. Um, when those, um, when you have the, the frequency imparts its feeling into the particle and the particles collect, um, they, they then hold that feeling. They have a capacity to make you sensitive, to be able to feel certain things. And we have, I think, 26 different senses. You know, right. the only ones we ever hear about are, you know, seeing, hearing, tasting, touching, smelling. Um, oh. But there's, there's other senses that are far more powerful um, yeah. that are 
they're they're vastly some we have the ability to sense whether we're upright or upside down um we have the ability to sense how close we are even if we're blindfolded how mm -hmm. close we are to a large mass mm -hmm. will feel the kind of this bouncy pushback from that large mass um mm -hmm. blind people use that to teach themselves how not to trip over furniture and things like that um, we can sense electromagnetic fields. We smell and interpret um, our compatibility with other people by sensing their pheromones. Uh, there's all kinds of stuff that, that goes on in the human body. But um, those um, that DNA, I this I'm not sure, but this is what I'm thinking based on some of the observations that I've made. And I'm going to continue to do some more research into this. But when you begin to become a body of light and you begin to um, change your material, that's got to be coming right out of those base pairs of DNA. And, and so the electromagnetic field that is in between, you know, those, yeah. those steps that, that's here's your two strands and then the field in between is very very stable i think we don't do away with that i think we add to that in some way and maybe right. get a form that is not only going this way but well you wouldn't be able to see it <laughs> but it's right angles to that um, yes yes yeah yeah well, penny give us an insight into the criminal mind and where I'm coming from in the, with this, is that we, we are of the understanding, a lot of people are of the understanding that there's there's a negative agenda going on without yeah. saying. Right. So in terms of DNA and feeling, what what is the motivation in the DNA or in the consciousness that would continue to perpetuate negativity and evil? Okay, so let let me give an example. Um, uh, when someone is born, they are open and able to create, feel, utilize all of their chemical possibilities. Okay, you cannot have a feeling if you don't have a chemistry. Okay, so that's that's a, a rule, a law. And, and that work was done by a French scientist who discovered, wow, he was, I think he was working with um, learning in emotionally disabled people and discovered that that was not um, a figment. It wasn't their imagination. They literally could not feel certain things because they were unable to produce certain chemicals. So, so long story short, this baby gets born all things are possible. Let's say his mother neglects him. At, at that point, he's on his own. An infant knows at a deep level, I need my people or I won't survive. And so the chemistry that begins to be formed is different. It's based on fear. It's based on the negative treatment that he's getting, not being fed, not being cared for maybe witnessing or being sexually abused. Some people sexually abuse babies. Um, there's all kinds of stuff that can set that chemical um, habituation in that human to then just be 
really negative, really almost, you know, that's at that early stage. Yeah. And it can happen at any stage, but it, but here's the thing, habituation begins to be very, um, um, like I was just listening to Greg, Greg Braden, we were talking and he was talking about heart rate variability. When an infant or when a child is very young, the heart rate variability is all over the place. A child is flexible, can handle anything. As we get older, what they have discovered is that the heart rate variability becomes a lockstep. And so as that happens, the heart becomes less flexible, the blood pressure goes up, um, all kinds of stuff happens. And so that same thing happens with our chemistry. We become less and less able to produce the feeling or the chemicals that produce joy or expanded consciousness or compassion or you know anything other than um, anger, fear, and a joy. They literally take joy in watching people suffer. It's just the opposite of what we're programmed to do. <clears throat> wow. So then that becomes evil. Yes, yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Well, you know, having been brought brought up and raised in Holy Catholic Ireland, we're, we're yeah. very familiar with the religious line of what evil is and what good is, you know. Yeah. But like what you've just explained there is a very intriguing insight into the into the physics of that's good right. Yes. That's right. And we don't have to have those kind of people if we would be much more attentive to who can have babies, who's qualified to raise babies, who's qualified to develop a consciousness. Uh, one of the things, big issue for people on this earth is, you know, I have the right to have sex whenever I want and procreate whenever I want. Yeah. That is not the case in other places. You do not have the right to produce people. Right. Unless you have permission. Yeah. And that's actually, um, that's a very strictly regulated thing. Yes. Um, Interesting. So we have, when the only joy that most people have is a little bit of sex, they're not going to be willing to give that up. Yeah. When you can develop yourself to enter into a state of joy yeah. and live in that bliss, Sex is the last thing on your mind. So. Are you also putting your finger on a possible rehabilitation of evil? In other words, yeah. yeah, do you understand my question? Yeah, yeah, you're right on. Go ahead. Do you want to say anything else about that? Because that's no, but I, I see, I see it as in in terms of what what love and joy is, as you said, on a physical level. Right. How how at that early stage or even in a later stage, we can re rehabilitate that errant chemical. That's right. Right now we use chemicals to castrate people. We use chemicals in psych institutions to dumb them down so that they quit fighting um, with themselves mostly. Um, why are we using chemicals to produce bliss? Those have all been made um, illegal. And, yeah. and the, the kinds of, I'm going to say, chemicals that are out there on the market that people 
um, used to either smoke or take or drink or whatever, um, they have so many side effects in other civilizations off planet. Um, they have uh, chemicals that produce bliss without the negative side effects. So it's, um, yeah, there's habilitation, just doing just guided imagery, guided imagery will create, um, it will for probably, I think the, the research was 80% of the people who go through one guided imagery session will, if they were a drug addict, they just give it up. If they were an alcoholic, they just give it up. Um, the journey within is really where we have to go. And we have to learn to manage the body. We're not managing it to produce the kinds of consciousness or perception that we need. So, of course, we have the world we have. It's a mess. So let me ask you, uh, going back to the DNA. Um, okay. Because um, you know, sources showed me, like, in an enlightened being, their DNA turns golden. Okay, oh. so... So what does that mean exactly? I mean, I you, you get it when you see the see the answer that it's pure and it's you know very advanced. But why why is gold that particular energy? Okay, so now you're talking about alchemy, <laughs> big time, um, and literally that is what happens. We right. are made of um, iron, calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, boron, and copper. <laughs> you know, all sorts of metals. Okay, when you change, when you begin to work at becoming a body of light, when you begin the alchemical process, which only happens within the self. I mean, there are there are a few um, ancient techniques that would walk people through alchemy in a laboratory, uh, but very slowly and only as their consciousness was able to walk with them okay um but anyway what happens is that your metals begin to turn into gold and you begin to give off golden light and that is that golden light is you never will be in the dark again because you just shine right so you glow yeah, and that's the alchemical process that we have lost the techniques for um, the, you know, just doing the affirmations, I am a body of light uh, has worked, but the body's over there. It's like, no, 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 I want, I want to be in that body. And so it's like, okay, so that shows you, shows me what can, what I can do, what each one of us could do. Now it's like, okay, let's, let's work inside. Let's not be doing outside stuff. The external is nice. Um, and, and so, and I've had several uh, confirmations of that ability to create form and solidify it enough to really see it, but it has to happen within. So okay, I, and that happened with the blood as well. Does the blood turn golden? Um, yeah, the blood actually becomes, um, I'll say it this way, it begins to operate more like photosynthesis, so that right. you live on light. And it develops structures. Right now, the um, 
the hemoglobin or the um, the red blood cell is this little round thing. Um, it elongates to become more like a wave, and it um, it absorbs light, it gives off light. Um, it's a very different kind of structure, and I think that there are other structures that change. I don't know all of them. I'm still studying. I'm still working um, to see what I can do and what I can learn. But that's, it's, you know, it's coming, it's coming. And I've had enough um, encouragement and confirmation that, you know, it's like, duh, that 1990 was, this is 33 years later. And I'm just now going, why didn't I do anything with that? You know? That reminds me though, when I was telling Years ago in my 30s, when I would be meditating continually and I'd be taught, quote, unquote, okay? Yes. Exactly. Not only would I get information like that, but there was one day where they just kept saying the word photosynthesis, photosynthesis, oh. but I never knew what to do with it. I never <laughs> knew what did that mean? You know, how, how does that apply to me? Isn't that something that plants do? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. right, right. So, and we become kind of like a conglomeration of plant, animal, and spiritual being light being so all the factors still operate within us but yeah. at a much higher level much yeah. more well, I, I i hear from you penny that you're confident about the future and i'm asking this question because we get asked it all the time too where oh, people are, are fearful of the future in all kinds of ways and it can be just down to their own personal finances or it could be fear of what's happening in the world in general but you you appear to be somewhat confident. Can you can you give us a kind of an insight into what you're thinking when you look to the future like that? Um, yeah, I think um, so. Remember when I just said a minute ago that we start as these two little cells and ovum and a sperm, and look at the transformation that happens. Yes. So that same thing happens on a civilizational basis. And we are in the process of either coming to our end and dying as a civilization or taking a step into a whole new kind of what I'll call eternity, um, a longer life, much longer life, maybe not quite eternal, but getting there. Um, and so uh, what, what I see is people are they're hanging, they're fearful because they're trying to hang on to something external. They have to hang on to themselves. They have to hang on to what do they know? Um, and and yeah, we've been we've been distracted seriously in a way that is, I think, criminal. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, so that we're not paying attention to. What is it we're knowing? It's so there's there's really two things that have to happen. And I see us doing it. We're, mm -hmm. You know, we're kicking and squealing the whole mm -hmm. way along. <laughs> but um, one is that we're beginning to see what's what's going on out there. We're beginning to know that that isn't looking like it's got a very good future. Um, and that's the driver that pushes us to go within. And the other thing that I see is people and not, you know, they need a little more encouragement to take responsibility for their life in terms of being self-sufficient, in terms of being responsible for how do they want to live? 
How are they going to get electricity? How are they going to get food? How are they going to get clothing? How are they going to have transportation, um, et cetera? And that, that's going to force us into small communities, um, maybe even just people talking in the beginning, but that becomes community at a bigger level. Um, right. And that really, um, what I see is that we have more than enough chance. Uh, I think we're just going to take charge of our lives next year and over 2024, 25, 26, 27. And then we're going to have to come together in order to deal with our planet because the uproar that we are creating in ourselves gets reflected up and down the spectrum. And yeah. that is creating huge uproar in the planet and in the solar system. And we're going to see the results of what we have created. And then we're going to have to go come together and say, oh, you know, sorry, you know, quiet yeah. down, quiet down. It's okay, you know, et cetera. Otherwise, we will meet our end. Yeah. So yeah. It's a life and death, yes or no kind of thing. Yes. Um, and there's just no, I mean, I would be lying if I said and anything. Is that, is that when you talk about life and death in the end, is that what people refer to as ascension or the end of the world? Like, uh, are we talking about the same things somehow? Yeah. It's, well, ascension to ascend means to die, to leave here. Nobody ascends and wants to stay here because it's really pretty miserable. Um, mm -hmm. for a lot of people. It's a lot of work and you don't have access to the amazing gifts that you have the capacity to have. So what I see right now is that people are choosing which side they're going to go with. Are they going to go with positive love, compassion, empathy, hard work, um, laughter, dancing, music, getting enough sleep, um, mm -hmm. et cetera? Or are they going to go with the fear and watch everything crumble and do nothing and wait for somebody to come and save them. And, you know, they don't realize they are their own savior. So there's what is called the great calling or the great harvesting. Um, if let's say that the, um, the population continues to be pushed and some people just don't do anything. They don't take any action. And, and the rest of us are like, okay, you know, how do we ascend? How do we expand consciousness? How do we come into our full set of awarenesses and powers? How do we develop? Um, and the planet, you know, gets hit by the sun when it does a micronova. And, and the whole thing, the whole planet is just like wiped out. Those people who have chosen to expand their consciousness are going to find themselves all together in that new world. And that's, it'll be, you know, a somewhat of a surprise. Um, and will they have maintained the DNA, the prized DNA that you speak about? Will they have brought that with them? They will. They will with additions. When we start um, any kind of affirmation or any change of diet with the intention uh, or any form of exercise or any change in routine with the intention of having time to go inside and, and discover the real self. When that occurs, even if it's just begun, that's, you know, that starts the process. 
that then solidifies once you're in a group of people that all are committed to that. You move even faster. The development is even faster. Does that make sense? It does, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think the thing that is important to understand is that there's really no death. Um, there is disintegration for people who haven't figured out how to keep themselves together. Um, mm -hmm. There are people who get lost out there in that great yeah. soup. <laughs> they get lost in the soup um, yeah. and they don't, uh, they don't, there's something they don't seek the light within themselves right, and yeah, it's yeah. dark when you get lost oh. in that soup it's dark yeah it's like the sun never comes up all the way yeah what about people who are performing dark deeds but without knowing any different in other words they're seemingly innocent in what it is that they're doing and i'm particularly asking about perhaps the medical profession that might have been doing the injection yeah. thing and not not realizing that they were pushing an agenda. Do you understand? Yeah, there's no excuse. Is there no excuse? There's no excuse. Right. Mother Nature doesn't make any excuses. Yeah. So there's not degrees of blame. There's not degrees of guilt. Um, you either woke up and did what was right or you didn't wake up and you did what was wrong ignorance is the curse of of our world right now people are ignorant of themselves and they and others are ignoring because they're afraid of losing their job or losing their position or losing their title or they right. have somebody come down on them there's i'm sorry to say that but there's yeah. there's no excuse I understand. I understand. And it makes sense what you say. Yeah. Yes. So going back to the DNA. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, Anne, Anne Gail. Herman, <laughs> keep us on the straight and narrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So to evolve our DNA. Okay. What can we, is it just a matter of starting to watch what you do with your emotions and your thoughts? Is it on that level? Um, I mean, yeah. give us, yes, is that what it is really? Because, well, there's more, but yeah, yeah, that's tell me what the more is. Okay, what can people do? In other words, um, I think the best thing, um, let's see, where would I start? First of all, you cannot impact your DNA if you're not healthy. You have to have nutrition, enough nutrition, so that the DNA you have works correctly degeneration means the DNA is degenerating your ability to build the proteins and to build the amino structures. That's what degenerates. So you have to get healthy. That's the step number one. Um, two, I would say um, you have to generate electricity. That's going to be through walking or some kind of exercise, breath work, very, very important. And then, you know, once you start that, uh, here's one of my big fears for our civilization. We're not going to have the food capacity that we've had in the past. People are already going hungry in a lot of places. When you start fasting, whether it's because you chose to have a spiritual fast or you just can't get enough food, 
um, you're going to enter into a detox. The body will detox. That right there is absolutely dangerous. Um, I, people who quit smoking because they can't get cigarettes or they can't get their cigars or whatever, the body's going to dump all of those cells all at once that were built under the influence of smoke, for instance. Yeah. What is the result? It's almost always cancer, lung cancer, brain cancer. Um, you will have to know how to do some detox, how to help the body get rid of old cells. So that I think is also it becoming a body of light. So, so those are the practical every day, you know, get some, get good food, eat good food, um, do some detox do some exercise to generate enough electricity. Okay, then on, on the internal side of things, you really have to take time to like stop the world. Um, let's say that, um, I'm trying to think, it's been such a long time since I had an argument with, um, since I was married. <laughs> I'm trying to think of, okay, um, what? Married, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Um you know, your partner knows how to push your buttons. Okay. And, and he or she is really very good at it. So they say something, you always do this. And that just irritates the bejabbers out of you. So then you get upset. Um, you know, that right there, you have to stop right there and say, um, why am I giving that person the power to really upset me? He's upset because of something. Do I want him to be upset? You know, sometimes we do, but sometimes we don't. Um, a lot of times we don't. So then if you don't, if you're really being honest and if you're in a loving place, you say, you know what? I'm, I'm sorry you're always upset about that or you get so upset about that. I'm not sure what I can do. Let me think about that. They would probably fall over or try to try to keep the argument going because they want you to change right now and you need a little time. So that, that brings me to the next thing, timing, the timing of what we say, the timing of what we do, the timing of our thoughts, all of that has to be examined. Um, we have to start using consciousness to determine what am I feeling? And is that what I want to feel? And why am I feeling that? You know, what needs to be different? Not who's to blame, who's at fault, who's guilty. It's just what needs to be different. Something in me, something in the world, something in the timing of what I'm trying to get done. Why is it not flowing? So you examine that. Um, and that you begin in little by little by little to have some self-discipline in examining who you are. That's a big, that's, I mean, you can do it all just doing that. I spent 17 years after Kundalini occurred watching myself like I was two people watching one person watching the other person acting and every so often i think you know you're gonna say it and that's gonna cause a fight and sure enough i said it and it caused a fight <laughs> and then i would try to watch to see where did the fight where did we lose the thread of what really needed to be said 
And it usually would take me three times. The first time I would say right there, it turned, it changed. Something, something happened right there. The second time I would be watching and I would think it's those words or that attitude or that accusation. And the third time I would hear it, I would know it was coming, but I wouldn't have a ready response to defuse it. Yes. So about the fourth time, boom, I would, you know, I would be able to head that off and be able to say, you know, okay, what I hear you saying, or I would just listen um, and stay calm inside. So the work that has to be done inside is going to be a little bit different for everybody. But those things are there. You can't get around those. You have to examine the self. You have to come to know the self. You have to learn to manage the self. And then um, once you begin to feel that, okay, um, I think I've got a handle on quite a bit of this. What happens next is you begin to feel like there's this detachment there, like you don't care. That's a stage all its own. Detachment often um, feels like there's something missing. Yeah, what's missing is nobody is able to hook you anymore. So that you get through detachment, um, and realize that's the kind of detachment all the gurus talk about. You need a little detachment. And then you come to this place where you become the rock. I think I've talked about the rock before. Um, a rock. You literally develop a rock inside yourself. Um, and that rock is immovable. And it's a, it's a metaphorical rock. But yes. it's a place where no one else goes. And you don't invite anybody in there. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean that you can't love. That doesn't mean that you don't care about things that you choose to care about. Yeah. 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 I have a DNA question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just this last week or two, there was something that we saw somewhere uh, where a couple were sending their DNA into outer space. I don't know what you hear about that. Oh, I did uh, not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently in one of these, um, I don't know, is it a NASA mission or a SpaceX mission or what? But anyway, this couple apparently they've they've got their DNA in a in a petri dish or something, oh, wow. and they're putting it on this rocket and they're launching it out into space. Okay. And their whole thinking or the explanation behind it was that uh, in the event that anything goes awry on earth that at least human dna will be out there <laughs> somebody oh. that's but, great. but i um you know after seeing that our our own our initial reaction was oh great you know <laughs> <laughs> we'll be contaminating the rest of the universe because <laughs> we're not very well developed yet <laughs> but, yeah, that's right. but, but handing it handing it to another race that might use it malevolently do you know what I mean yeah. um uh that was my thought but um what uh do, do you think that's a futile exercise like or what is what is in their motivation for doing something like that um I'm gonna say ignorance um right. when you send your DNA into outer space it changes every single experience that you are exposed to affects you and has the capacity to change you at the core. 
So they're doing that now, you know, in, from my point of view, that's a very symbolic statement that, that backs up my thesis that we are moving from physical beings tied to a planet to beings who are abstracted beings of light, no longer tethered to a planet. We can still be here, but we can be other places as well. And, and you see that in the financial system. We've gone from Earth is our survival. We have to be able to grow and plant and harvest and feed and build, et cetera, to money is our survival. We have to be able to buy food and buy house and you know buy survival and buy weapons or whatever we think we need to survive. Mm-hmm. And now Bitcoin, which mm-hmm. is an abstract thing, it's one of the first statements that we that we are saying, yep, we think this is real. And we that what the corollary to that is is can we believe that we still exist if we don't have a physical self? It's that same issue that I was talking about in the beginning. Sense, yeah, you know? yeah. We're becoming yeah. abstracted beings, beings of spirit that are no longer tied to a planet so that's isn't it true that we're all over the place anyway penny i mean you know we we when we sleep for example you know yeah we we travel other places it's not like we stay focused on this physical body in the bed you know we're already out there i mean you know you can tell by dreams you have where you know you were just with a huge group of people someplace (laughs) talking about this or that and the other yeah so when you wake up some mornings and you feel like you haven't slept because you've been gone the whole night, okay? Busy, busy, uh, all night. Yeah. So is it that we're not really tethered here anyway with our consciousness? That's true, but we're we're tied, we're committed to the physical body at this point. And the physical body has to have sleep. Now, when you become a body of light, that the body does not need nearly as much sleep, maybe two or three hours. And it's completely. Oh, I sleep every night. Yeah. What's, what's that? It's going to be a joke because that's I can't sleep past two or three every night. Yeah. Like okay. I go to sleep four hours and I'm up at two or three and I just I can't get back to sleep and I I feel like I need more sleep and I don't know why I'm doing this why I'm waking up so early. The other night it was two o'clock. I think we went to bed at ten and I woke up at two and I thought, gee, that's only a few hours. Yeah. But. And then I, I just, I'm crazy the rest of the night because I want to sleep, but the body doesn't want to sleep. It feels like it's completely awake and it's okay, what do I do now? I'm not used to doing things in the middle of the night. For I example. know, you should get used to that, Angel. <laughs> you, you need to, you know, back in the early days of Kundalini, when there was no sleep for three years, I did the same thing, put the body to bed. And then, you know, about two in the morning, it'd be like, this is a waste of time. Well, I could be doing my ironing or I could be doing the dishes or I could be. I wouldn't pick ironing, that's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I I know, back then, that was 40 years ago. (laughs) But um, that whole thing, um, that's one of the benefits. That's one of the criticisms also that ETs have of us is you spend half your life in bed unconscious. Well, that's what the body requires. Um, consciousness, however, doesn't require that. And so what I learned eventually was stop telling myself I'm tired. 
stop telling myself I need more sleep. And to this day, I get into bed and I give myself directions to sleep deeply and well. And that when I rise from this bed, I will be completely refreshed. Mm -hmm. And some days that's after 10 hours. And some days that's after two or three. And it's much more likely that's going to be four or five hours. And I used to sleep like a log, eight and a half to nine and a half hours all the time. Not, you know, and I think as a civilization, this is part of the developmental process that we're not recognizing. People all across the U.S. are saying, I'm only getting four or five hours of sleep. Yeah. Why? You yeah. know, they, oh, there's something wrong. I'm stressed out. Yeah, I'm sure you are. But what is the bigger message, the deeper spiritual development going on behind the scenes? We are needing to recognize that we're becoming a new species, a new human. And instead of, you know, getting all upset and saying, well, I'm not doing what I always did, which is good. <laughs> um, we're making that a bad thing. And then we upset ourselves and so. Um, you have to give yourself permission to go take a nap in the middle of the day or sit down and close your eyes. Five minutes in theta is worth an hour and a half nap. So, yeah. yeah. And that's the other word we know all about that, all right? <laughs> we take a nap every day. <laughs> good, 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 good. Oh, yeah. 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 That's, and that's actually what happens is after a five to six hour night, and a, a nap an hour and a half to two hours in the afternoon, sometimes less, sometimes maybe two and a half hours, but that's a perfect break for consciousness because when you get up after five or six hours, you're completely ready to take on the world, but the body stays calm. So, because it doesn't have the energy to, you know, to be doing all kinds of freaked out stuff. Um, unless you're freaking yourself out, of course, but um, you yeah. stay in this kind of a quiet place and then you take a nap and then, you know, then you, you're in a quiet place again. So we are not recognizing that we're developing anyway. Um, we might as well go with it. So I, I have a DNA question. Okay. <laughs> wow. All right. And another one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look who's talking. I genuinely do not want this to sound racist in any way at all. I, I'm just really curious. Um what what is the difference, if any, uh about of the DNA of various races? Uh, and I don't mean extraterrestrial races, I mean races on earth, you know. African, um, Chinese, Russian, whatever. Like Irish. Irish, yeah, indeed. <laughs> you know where I'm coming from. Is there, is there something, is there any difference, first of all? And if so, is, does it mean that there's one DNA that's more presupposed to ascension or conscious mm -hmm. awareness or whatever? No, um, actually, the the DNA of the different races was contributed by various ETs who were very, very aware and very interested in having their DNA help to keep this race going, the human race, the earthlings made of this set of minerals. 
So um, each one had their gift, each one, uh, you know, their, their own kind of creativity, their own kind of resilience. And the races, instead of us celebrating that, that uniqueness that each race offers, yes. um, we just make that, we, we destroy that. It's, yeah. it's criminal what we're doing to one another. Indeed. So is that also where the origin of uh, the idea of blue bloods or the Aryan race and all that being superior or is, is that kind of where that, that ignorance is coming from? Yeah, the, the Aryan race actually came from the north um, and they actually were some ETs, a group of ETs that were um, that became very acclimated to earth to being on earth and became pretty violent um each group has their strength um and and i think we could do so much better with with enjoying and integrating one another's gifts and skills the aryan race um that was partly myth but not all myth um it was really it came out of the I don't know, it's too long a story. Um, the N E N K and E N L or N. Gotcha. Yeah, we understand yeah. you. So that's a particular group. Those people who seed um races who seed planets with life keep extraordinary records of what they did to the DNA, how they altered it, who contributed their DNA to it. And what were the various outcomes of that, you know, of those various groups? Um, yes. We have a little bit of DNA left over from Neanderthals. Um, mm -hmm. We have a few that are unidentified. We have no idea where they came from, uh, where that DNA came from, um, that sort of thing. So I have some very unusual DNA and very unusual blood. Yeah. Um, so there's things that are possible with each group and we make it racist, which is a mistake. Yes, yes indeed. Um, let me ask you about ancestral memory. And uh, I'm assuming that memory gets passed down through the DNA. I, I hope I'm right in assuming that. So in that way, yeah. do, we, do we have access to our ancestral origins? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Ancestral um, becomes way more complicated because of the fact that we work in soul groups. We're kind of like family groups, people that come back and they, you know, one time this one's the mother and this one's the father and these three are the kids. And the next time they all come back and this is the boss and this is the um, secretary and these are the workers but it's all the same group and the next time they come back and this is the general and this is the lieutenant and these are the soldiers and they interact they bring all their crap with them and so the ancestral stuff is not only in the any let me let me back up a step anything that you create or do is imprinted in source forever and so you, and that stays attached to its creator so when you come back as a soul 
you know, a group of people working together in the same family again and again. I was just thinking about this, um, Adam Schiff. Um, he his his ancestry is not good, um, and he's working. He's living out that ancestry perfectly. Gotcha. So, yeah. yeah, you know, that was, that was the other thing. Source told me one time was that the DNA was a collection of history. It That's is. True. Everything that you have ever experienced stays in your system. Yeah. So you might get a new body, but you bring all that with you. Mm -hmm. And it's it's in your, your um, I'm going to say your collection of things that you've created. Um, remember the 10,000 selves, 10,000 versions of the self that I ran into? It's like, oh my God, look at all that. What a mess I have created. Um, yeah. Those were all um, different versions of self. They all have different DNA. Slightly yeah. different DNA is incredibly sensitive. Yeah. So, you know, we it stays within a certain range, but um, it it is different based on the different mindset that is used to create that version of yourself. Okay. Yeah. So. Well, I want to ask a very off-subject. Well, it has to be a DNA no. question. <laughs> Go no, ahead. This is another thing that gets got to me. Okay. Okay. So, Anu and I, when we were pet sitting recently, we found a YouTube channel that was called Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, geez. have you ever heard of it? Even the name is kind of creepy. Okay. <laughs> anyway, we started watching this series, and um, long story short, it was about this presence that's on this ranch that's been there for hundreds of years, and there's all these scientists trying to measure the electromagnetic fields and oh. what's going on. So they identify that there's something definitely there that's been there for ages. Yep. Is it underground? Is it above? Is it ET? Is it a portal? So I, I guess part, I was left with. I think I was kind of laughing at the scientists thinking, do you really think with your little yeah. <laughs> your little measurements that you have you're coming yeah. close to anything that these beings are about? Because obviously they're they're creating all sorts of things in an instant. They're disappearing into thin air, their ships yeah. are coming and going in and out. Yeah. And your little machines, like they want to crack the code, right? And I guess I started thinking about humanity in terms of you know, where we are, I guess I came away from there feeling like we are just so small and unevolved compared to <laughs> even what's going on there and what is going on there in terms of how it's affecting our consciousness. Now, of course, on that property, there's cattle mutilations. And that's another whole subject where they're taking their organs. So what's what's going on with that, Penny? Do you have any idea of what would that presence would be and why it would be there so long and pick this particular ranch? I mean, I felt well, very <laughs> okay. A couple things. Number one, um, there have been a lot of experiments that have been done at Skinwalker. One of the things that happened when I was working with Dr. Levengood was Robert Bigelow came to the lab and repeatedly asked Lefty to work with him. And mm. Lefty said no. You know, he he said no, I'm, I'm not interested in what you're doing. I want to pursue my own studies. I have to follow my heart kind of thing. So yeah. 
but there was quite a bit of conversation about ETs, animal mutilations. That's how Lefty figured out um, what happens. How do they, how do they pick up an animal, drain it of blood, five minutes later, drop it on the ground and it's missing an ear or that's the, all the mucous membranes of its inside of its mouth or the mucous membranes of the uterus, if it's a female or the, um, the inside of the anal opening, all that is mucous membrane. Well, the mucous membrane is the most communicative um, tissue in the body. And um, they were using it for several things, <laughs> including experimenting with various DNA. So, um, so that's one aspect of some of the stuff going on at Skinwalker Ranch. Another thing that I think is really important is that those beings that end up taking up residence in a particular location do not, uh, how do I say, they don't have the same sense of time that we do, where the thousands of years or hundreds or decades of our time can go by for them, it may be 20 minutes. So there's a time differential there. Why? Because they have a different frequency set that they are composed of and responding to all the harmonics of that frequency. Um, another thing is um, they, there, are, there are a lot of experiments that have gone on underground and in secret places. Some of those beings have been, have escaped, um, have figured out how to get away um, and so they roam. And the last thing I would say is that the reality that we're in is far more diverse than we are willing to admit. There are right. beings here. There are creatures here. There are people who have were physical and left. They died and they're still here wandering around. There are all sorts of critters and formations. Some last a second or two, some last you know, a millennia or two. And we don't see that. We're just so focused on our little range of frequencies and our concerns um, that we are missing a whole bunch of the diversity within the reality system. It's a, it's a spectrum and we are focused on a very small part of that spectrum. Wow. I guess that's the feeling I had. I told Ahano I felt so small after that in terms of yes. focusing on an outer reality that half of it's just not even real what we think what's going on out here <laughs> and in terms of like it, i was aware of the experiments when i was watching that okay i'm like yeah. i knew that they that's what they were doing yep. and also uh, oh there's some terrible experiments they've done yeah yeah, well, I have memories of some of those happening in my own ancient past you know what i mean so that doesn't surprise me yeah um, I guess I felt like, what chance do we have with this kind of technology all around us in terms of our own evolution of consciousness? And if they can just take our DNA, they can just, you know, affect our electronics, affect everything. It's like, what do we do with that? I mean, is our developing our consciousness enough to offset any kind of interference like that around us? If you know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I would frame it this way, okay? Um, 
so there's earthlings, humans on earth, humanoids, beings on earth, and then there are humanoid beings all across the cosmos, okay? Some of them have come here to help. They're interested in at least holding the fort, helping hold the fort. So they have, and, and this comes right out of my own experience, they have the same interests that we do in developing themselves and in reaching the status of eternal beings, in coming into full communion with the Godhead, okay? I was surprised by that. I thought they were all enlightened beings and they had all touched the Godhead and that's not the case. I was like, oh. And, and you know, one of the things they said to me is, you know, we're learning from you. You're a full-blown human and you're also... Um, you have had this kundalini experience and you have your ET roots right there at the front of your consciousness. And so they're watching to see how that works out. So um, that being said, many, many, many ET races boost their capacities using technology. They have implants. They have certain things that they do to the fetus, to the infant. Um, they have all sorts of uh, high energy foods that they eat. They don't have the crap that we eat. Um, and so they're very, very conscious about doing everything to keep the human, human body that they have operating at peak potential. They live a couple thousand years for them to live uh, 75 years, that would be like, oh my God, I screwed up royally. Um, so there's that. We have this capacity within us to develop without the technology, but nobody's using it. They can only use the technology because they have good people behind their technology. They don't have Klaus Schwab's and Bill Gates's and you know, other people like that um, doing nasty things, hurting people. And they're, they're fully committed to compassion, love, truth. And so their technology, they research that to make it possible for them to become the enlightened beings that they're seeking. So they're taking the technological route, but they're doing so on the basis of trust and love. We're not quite there. We humans on earth are not there. So um, right now, the people that are presenting us with the option of high tech are not people we can trust. So that's forcing us to go with a development that is possible by concentrating our attention inside the self, nurturing that, um, talking to the self, telling it what you want, asking it to do this, Remember, plasma responds directly to consciousness, and we are plasma beings. Yes. All we have to do is use that. And and this is another thing. It um, One of my ET people said, it won't take only a year for you to get your first results. And I, I was really shocked at that. I thought, oh, I'm too old. It's going to take forever. I'll be dead and gone before I get anywhere. That's not true they said no you just have to practice and you have to it has to be a concerted effort so um 
so back to the question of, um, you know, the technology, right now we don't have very many options. Now, if we had good people managing the technology that we could trust, um, what they've said, what my people have said to me is, you could put those two together and just take off, um, you know, become almost like gods. But we don't have that yet. I think we have a chance of doing that, at least certainly with our clothing. If we can get clothing like the clothing I'm familiar with, um, makes you, uh, you can't be harmed with that clothing on. That's a big deal. Um, Perhaps you'll share that with our audience at some point, Penny. No, I thought they were developing clothing. I've heard of some places that are developing that kind of kind of clothing that would be no. nice that would be nice you know i really that's one of my complaints um i started making my own clothes when i was nine years old because the clothing here was awful and it still is in my humble opinion it doesn't move it doesn't fit right it doesn't move with the body it doesn't keep the body healthy it doesn't protect you from getting, you know, falling down and breaking a leg or, um, you know, whatever. It doesn't, clothing here just takes money out of your pocket and then you have to wash it and repair it. Um, the clothing that we have is self-repairing, it's self-washing. Um, it nurtures the full development of the humans. It keeps the cells in balance. There's a lot that clothing could be doing. So, um, you know, we wouldn't have to put anything in us. We just would Put it on us and that would help yeah so, so one last question what do you think about people who are breatharians because we've we've met a few and they actually do live off of prana so yeah. what what is your in relation to everything you were saying about eating right and all that i mean what if somebody chooses to go that route of course it's um, a yeah. conscious, but one of my good friends in kalamazoo is um hasn't eaten i think it's been seven or eight years now. Um, he just woke up one morning and said, I don't think I'm going to eat today. And he right. woke up the next morning and said, I don't think I'm going to eat today. And huh? you know, that was the end of his eating. Right. Um, he's a major artist. He didn't lose any weight. He's not scrawny. <laughs> you know, he's not a scrawny old thing. Um, he hasn't aged very much. Um, oh. the, that is an option. That's one of many options to live off breath, to live off light is another one. Um, we can live off of food. We could live off of, you know, a, a single tablet of something if it had everything in it that we needed. Um, we just are not quite there yet as a group. There is I, a technique for getting to just living on light, but... Yeah. Um, you know, the humans aren't focused there. We 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 aren't India. We're the United States. Right. Yeah, yeah. Good. Okay. Well look, Penny, as always, we could stay here for hours and keep asking questions, but we have to honor our viewers and our listeners. Yeah. Again, as we've often said, we look forward to speaking with you again at some point in time uh, and, and drawing on your fountain of wisdom. We really appreciate you taking the time out and speaking to us today. Right. So again, super thanks and and blessings to you and all your family and uh, and the great work that you're doing in the world. That's right. 
Love you very much. We'll see what happens next time. <laughs> Love you too. You're some of my yeah. favorite people. <laughs> you take care. Okay, Thank bye. All right. Good night. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and on our website at worldofempowerment.com. Don't miss an episode. Hit the subscribe button now.